0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. So we're starting a series this morning on relationships, and I'm really, really excited about it. And um, call it Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls. And uh, this morning, I want to start with the first message. Uh, I've entitled it Starting with the end in mind, starting with the end in mind. Gail and I went shopping recently to get a new fridge, and I think I told you a little bit about that before, uh, a week or so ago. But, uh, you know, when you go to buy something like that, and it's, you know, over a thousand dollars anyway, you start to think, well, we're going to have the fridge for a long time unless it blows up. And I started thinking, I better research refrigerators. It's not kind of like my subject i don't really know a lot about you know a refrigerator and the first place that gail and i went into i think it was a good guys they had all these fridges there and it had to be a certain size to fit you know in our wall cavity there and uh they all looked really good and some of them were really cheap i thought this is a bargain look at this one you know it's only like 800 dollars new and and then you know prices go up from there uh but uh, caution uh don't just buy something because it looks good. And so I went back and I thought, no, we're not going to buy this because the salespeople were all trying to sell you on whatever, whatever. And so I began to uh, research and go on you know, Google and, and Choice and .com and all these. You know, Google, what's, what's the best refrigerator, Google? And then, of course, the five-star ratings come up and everything comes up there. And so then we went back again to another retail outlet that sells refrigerators and, and got the sales pitch from another salesman, and we threw out a few names. Oh, no, don't touch that one. This one here is the one that you want, and da 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 And then, then we decided, well, go down and talk to someone else and look at a few other refrigerators. And, of, of course, the opinion changed again. No, don't, don't believe what they told you. Uh, this is the best one here. And, and after a lot of research, research we, you know, we finally bought – a refrigerator, we're very happy with it. But when it comes to relationships, one thing that I discovered is that people often don't put a lot of thought into something that's going to cost them a lot. And in fact, um, if you think about it for a moment, the biggest thing that you're going to invest in in life is not a refrigerator. <laughs> Guaranteed. You can, you can make a mistake with buying a car, and I've done that in the past, still driving one in particular, Ford Focus, with a uh, class-action suit against them for what they would call a transmission, which is not a transmission. <laughs> it's a piece of junk. But anyway, uh, you know, I tried to research that one. Didn't know, did I? Uh, but, but you can get that wrong like I did, and I can recover from that. You know, it's a few thousand dollars and still, the thing still runs. Uh, I can recover if I make a bad choice from that. I, I can recover even for something that's probably the biggest investment most of us would ever make financially, which is a house. If, if I get it wrong with a house and buy something that's, you know, got white ants or whatever, uh, I'll call Peter and his pest control company. Uh, but, you know, if you get that wrong, you can still recover in life. A little bit harder, though, if you get it wrong with your lifelong partner, You can still recover. I'm not saying everything is irrevocable or anything. You can still recover, of course, but, you know, the, the recovery is going to take a while. It's going to be difficult, and, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns in that. It's not like buying a house. But most people put about as much time and effort into a relationship and planning for that as they do probably as much as a pair of shoes. And, and I watched this happen, and I think, wow, how did that happen? And so this morning, we're going to be talking about starting with the end in mind, not just starting with uh, no end in mind or, you know, having put nothing into it at, at all, but actually starting with the end in mind. The more it costs, the more you need to understand whatever it is that you're buying. The more that it costs, and a relationship will cost you more than the car, the house, the shoes, or, 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 or a refrigerator. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Now, wisdom is inside perception and discernment. But the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. How can you get something that doesn't exist because it's the beginning? In the beginning of wisdom, (laughs) get wisdom. Do you understand that? I read that. I'm like, Beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, but 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 it's the beginning of it. And, and I began to re, be reminded of, of scriptures like John chapter 1, where it says, In the beginning was, in the beginning was the Word, and, and the Word and wisdom are the same. God is wisdom unto us, and God and His Word are the same. And in the beginning was. The Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, He already was. He doesn't have a beginning. God does not have a beginning, but you do. Your relationships do. Everything has a beginning except the eternal one, God. He already was in the beginning. So wisdom is already there beckoning you right now. At the beginning of whatever relationship that you're in or about to enter into. So we get wisdom and it starts. Wisdom starts from the start, but it's already there. Getting wisdom before you start something is the wisest thing that you will ever do. And then it goes on and says this in that same proverb, though it cost you all you have get understanding. Understanding is the ability to comprehend that or or to gain mastery over it, to uh, know it so well that you can stand on it. Though it costs you all, what does it cost you when it comes to this whole thing called relationships? Is it worth maybe just pushing the pause button and thinking a little bit about what it is that you're entering into or your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations. I like Proverbs nine ten. It says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So he goes on and even defines it even further. The beginning of, of, of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If you're going to do this one thing called relationships, you better get with God on it and understand that God's God's advice uh, or God's wisdom, if you will, God's instruction—it's not just some kind of an optional thing. Like, hey, man, I got a few ideas here. To, you know, choose it if you want. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, God. God invented this whole thing called relationship. Do you remember back in the very, very beginning in the garden? It, God. God. Uh, created everything. And he comes to, you know, man on the sixth day, but he's created everything. And he says, it's good. It's good. It's good. Sky, the, the, the waters, the the land, the birds, all the animals, uh, everything, the stars, everything is really good. Then he comes to man. He goes, it's not good that a man should be alone. Let us, he says, create man in our plural, us, our, not let me create man in my image, do a solo thing here, but let us create man in our image. And so male and female, he created them. We are created in God's image for relationship, the, the trinity, if you will, the, the Godhead Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a relationship. It's a relationship of the persons of God or the person of God manifested in three persons in relationship with each other. We are created in that image. Everything and everyone except God has a beginning, and that beginning is for relationship for us. But here's the kicker, and this is something, uh, you know, uh, looking at this, I begin to think, well, what was the start of My relationship with Gail. And of course, you know, I think our our start was we met in church, our eyes met, and, uh, you know, I introduced myself to her in Wagga Wagga. And, you know, it was uh, over the Christmas season, and she happened to be there. Uh, She was school teaching in Boolaroo Center in South Australia. She came home for the holidays. She was only there a brief time. I happened to be preaching in that church, not in the meeting that we met in, but uh, the pastor said, turn around, and say hi to somebody. I turned around, and said hi to her, hello, and uh, we met. But that wasn't the beginning of our relationship. You see, the beginning is not the beginning. Most of us, what most of us call the beginning of a relationship is not the beginning of the relationship. The beginning already was. Now, follow me on this, but if you're in a relationship, the start of your relationship happened long before you actually started a relationship. Even if you haven't met anyone yet, you have already started a very important part of your relationships, and it's called your expectations, In the beginning, before you ever met, before your eyes ever connected, long before your first kiss, in the beginning, you started forming your own expectations about what you wanted. And so your expectations come from a variety of sources, mom and dad, how they related, Uh, friends and how they relate, music and what it says a relationship and love and everything else should be. Nowadays, of course, social media is you observe other people in relationship and you see the highlight reels of their life, so you base expectations for your life. It could be movies. I just watched 27 dresses. Oh, man. I, I thought, I better watch this because I'm starting a relationship series. And what a better way to learn, obviously, than Hollywood. And, and, you know, so Jane is the bridesmaid, she's always the bridesmaid, and she's got a secret crush on her boss, and her sister, of all people, how many people saw 27 Dresses? Hands up, okay, no men are, other than the pastor, are ever going to admit that they watched 27 Dresses, but uh, I watched it. You know, I took a bullet for you guys, so I <laughs> could understand the, the women thing, and, and and her sister cottons on to the love of her life, which is her boss. I think his name's George or something, I forget. And, and, and she's just got this crush, but she, can't, she just can't let it out. And, and, and her sister pretends to be vegan. She's not. She pretends to be just to impress this guy. She pretends to be a lot of things that she's not. And, and he's got all these expectations. He's got hopes, dreams, desires. And he thinks that Jane's sister meets all of these things, but she doesn't. And I don't want to wreck the movie, but I will on, the, uh, you know, on their engagement party. <laughs> Jane, she's going to do a little presentation on you know her sister and, and, uh, and George or whatever his name is. And, and then she's got these pictures of her sister eating meat after she's claimed to be a vegan. And there's the lovely couple sitting there it's like, you're not who I thought you were. Shock, horror. So many people wake up to somebody that they thought was somebody that isn't somebody, not the somebody that they thought. They have these expectations, these hopes, these dreams, these, these, these incredible expectations, and yet, and they come from somewhere but they find out that that person actually isn't what they thought that they were. Could it be that they started in the wrong place? Could it be that uh, somebody or somebody should have told them something about expectations? You see, your hopes and your dreams and your expectations that form the foundation of your relationship started forming long before the start of your relationship. You're already dating a dream. You are already in a relationship with a fantasy, perhaps, or an expectation from society. You're already in relationship with expectations from God, hopefully. And as life moves on, this is what I want becomes this is what I expect. Well, I went to the Arkansas River way before I met Gail in in Tulsa. They call it a river. It's just a bunch of rocks and a dry little, sometimes there's water flowing through it, but not, hardly ever. And, and, I, and I felt led to go down there and just get into business with God. Because I had three, you can all go, oh, poor, poor Pastor Ed, it must have been. I had three heartbreaks before Gail with Christ, Christian girls. Don't, don't think because they're Christians that they're following Christ. <laughs> uh, they weren't. And, uh, and I got trapped into into that. And, and, and each one of these were pretty long-term ones, uh, except when it came down to marriage, I just couldn't pop the question. Nah, I'm not going to get married to you. Like, we became friends and everything. But then when they discovered that yours truly wasn't going to marry them, because uh, <laughs> I was like just not ready, at, you know, at, by the time I was 30 uh, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> and, uh, listen to me. I wouldn't have wished me on anybody back then no, 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 no. I wouldn't wish, I would not have wished who I was back then on my worst enemy. And, uh, and so these girls, you know, I wouldn't marry them. So we broke it off. And then I got my heart broken. You know, one of them, I said, just go date other guys because I'm not going to marry you. And so she did. And, 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 you know, we were down at the beach And it was uh, like a a young adult's retreat thing. You know, we used to go hang out at one of the beaches in California. You could have big open fire pits and everything else. And, you know, people would bring guitars, and we'd all have a big worship session around there. And, and, uh, you know, this particular girl, Chris, (laughs) you know, I, I, I just told her, she, she's like, Eddie, are we going to get married? I said, no, nope, we're not going to get married. I'm not going to marry you. Just go date other guys. It was pretty well. I just needed to come down to the conclusion of it was it's not going to happen. So just go date some other guys. So she got Peter the very weekend after I told her that. <laughs> here's her and Peter, and, they, and they, they walk away. I see the two of them at the fire pit. You know, we're all, everybody's kind of worshiping. I got my eye on them thinking, you dog. <laughs> like, you dirty dog. And then she's, she's got her hand in Peter's hand, and the next thing they go walking off into the dark down the beach together. And I'm like, what are you doing with her? And then she gets excited. She goes, oh, Eddie, she goes, you wouldn't believe it, Eddie. I got a dozen roses from Peter on my desk on Monday morning. And I'm like, oh, that is, that's just thrilling. Ha." Huh. And all of a sudden, the woman that I thought I didn't have any desire for, I had a huge desire because, well, wanting is better than having. We always want what we can't have. And when you can have it, you don't want it. When you can't have it anymore, all of a sudden, you want it. So there's a lot of traps there, aren't there? And, and, uh, but as life moves on, this is what I want becomes this is what I expect. So I expect, because I've got a dream for this, that they're going to be a great provider. So I'm back down at the Arkansas River, which isn't a river again. And I go to God, and I go, God, I've had my heart broken now three times. I'm not going through this anymore. The next girl that I date will be the one that I marry. And so I made a covenant with God. And God asked me a few questions. He just drops stuff into your heart. Say, how does God talk to you? Just, bam, you just know that you know. He doesn't have to write a sentence. He doesn't have to talk like we do. It would take too long. He just dumped it in my heart. What do you want? And I thought, well, okay, here we go. Number one, she has to have a heart after you. Number two, she has to be called to the ministry or at least willing to go wherever you call me. Number three, she has to be so hot that she makes my socks roll up and down and I break off into a cold sweat when I look at her and that we have trouble abstaining. That's how hot she has to be, you know. I don't want an easy abstinence. I want it to be difficult, difficult. You know, this is my list. I know you don't have that kind of list. You wouldn't even have those kind of thoughts, you know. beauty's only skin deep. It's what's in the heart that matters. For you, that's fine. For me, it wasn't. So I'll just be honest with you. It all mattered to me. She had to be beautiful inside and out, but also out, not just in. And uh, that's just me. Come on. It's not your expectation. This is my covenant with God down at the Arkansas uh, River rocks. And uh, so I did that. I went through this whole list. And then I, I, I don't know why I just drew a big X in the sand. And I did a circle around that, you know, something dumb. But anyway, I just felt to do it. X marks the spot. I've made this covenant with God. This is my expectations. This is my list. I don't need to write it out. I just got it in my head. And so when I met Gail, Uh, I took her for a very, very long walk uh, on a long beach in Adelaide, and I interviewed her. And she goes, I felt like I was on an interview. And I said, you were. Because there's no way. I was not even going to date her if she didn't make my list. Now, unbeknownst to me, she had a list as well. In fact, she wrote all of her deals down on a list as she was looking for her Boaz. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know, this is going to get gushy. (laughs) And uh, and she had that list, and she, you know, with tears in her eyes, she says, you you met that list. And I was like, this is so cool. You know, romance is so good. And so, you know, I, I had, they must love kids, you know, be healthy, love God, all of those things. And so my list of expectations was drawn up. But at some point, we take our expectations into a relationship in order for someone else to make them come true. I was convinced that Gail was going to, the one that I said I loved, that she was supposed to meet my expectations. Somehow that doesn't fit love. We, we convince the one that we say that we love that they're the, they're the one that's supposed to meet Our needs. We coerce them to come through for, guess who? (laughs) For me. (laughs) We don't come through, we compromise. If they don't come through, then we compromise our expectations and we give them to an institution called marriage. I've got news for you you're not in relationship with relationship. You're not in relationship with something called marriage. You're not married to a marriage. You're in relationship with a real person that you say that you love and then go to a point where you dump your expectations on them in order for your needs to be met and call that love. That's the way it's done. And so the expectations you hand them become a weight. Your expectations become a bar that they just can't jump over. Now, when your eyes meet, and I remember when my eyes met Gail's, it was in church. You know, that's just a holy sanctity. It's a it's a sanctuary. It's a it's a safe place for two eyes to to meet. And so my eyes met Gail's eyes. I looked into her eyes and I thought, "What is wrong with you, man? She is child. She's like sixteen. She looked." You know, she looked like a a, a teenager. And I asked her, I said, you know, where do you go to school? Expecting her to say, you know, Wagga Wagga, hi. And she goes, goes, you mean where do I teach? And I'm like, who? Okay. We're in business, man. You know? So my eyes, instead of, like, looking and quickly looking away, like, you dirty old man, you know? Like, what is wrong with you? Uh, Then my eyes went back and engaged with her eyes. But what happens with expectations is this. We have hopes. It's okay, it's good. We have a dream. It's good. Again, you know, that started way before your eyes ever met. We have desires, and it's okay. God put that in in you. You've got desires, you've got hopes, you've got dreams. God, God placed that into you. But when your eyes meet, it's not just your eyes that meet, it's the eye. I is in the letter I. Capital I is in me. It, your, your eyes physically don't just gaze into the eyes of another person, but your eyes meet what I expect, what I demand. My list meets your list. Now we've got a problem. We've got a confrontation of eyes. So it's not just physical attraction that's going to count now. Now there's a tug of war how how are my eyes going to become one When your eyes are different, you see something, your hopes, your desires, your dreams now are your expectations, and they're different from mine, and I'm saying to you right from the beginning, you better meet my expectations, you better meet my eyes, you better dot my eyes, Uh, and, uh, and maybe if you do, I'll dot your eyes, and that's the beginning of most relationships. See, expectation is a strong belief that something will happen. Your expectations can become a demand or a burden on somebody else. And that's exactly what happened with with us, mainly from my standpoint, I might add. Someone is asked to become someone that they are not in order to accommodate someone who's not. So if I hand my expectations and tell you that uh, it is your obligation to meet them, you are no longer meeting them out of love but out of obligation. So I had to go to God, and this is, like, quite a process now. This didn't happen, like, the first year of marriage. I I got the shock of my life when, you know, Gail and I didn't really know each other all that well. It was quite a a whirlwind because my visa had expired, and I thought, I'm not going back to the States. I already know we're supposed to be together, and so I'm I'm not going to do a long-distance deal. Back then, it was snail mail before the Internet, just wasn't going to be convenient. I don't write letters, gushy things back and forth across the Pacific was not my idea. And, uh, and so I thought, let's just do this thing. And so we got married and uh, we got on the big plane. We headed off, had, a, had our, our wedding uh, uh, honeymoon rather, at Tahiti. And uh, I like to go hiking. of course, my expectation was that I'd marry a, a woman that was very much into hiking, climbing big mountains, going through bush, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's like honeymoon time. You know, come on. There's, uh, there's big mountains around here just begging to be climbed. Not, you know, real mountain climbing, but trails. And uh, she's like, I don't want to. I just don't, you know, I don't feel like doing that. Like it's not kind of not, not my. It's, but it's my expectation. That, that was on my list. You know, you know, that list that I've got that you never seen that's in my head. These expectations are that you're going to just go jump on. You know, we're going to do this together. And so we did not First argument on the honeymoon. So what do you want to do then? Just want to hang out here. Okay, we'll just hang out here. And, uh, and we did, and we did a lot of fun stuff. But, you know, my expectations were not met. Your expectations created Debt in a debtor's relationship with that other person so whenever i commit my expectations to you you are now in debt to me to fulfill them you owe me affection you owe me attention because that's on my list of expectations but question mark how much gratitude do you give to someone who pays you what they owe you how much do you give someone who does what they're supposed to do you see, we rarely express gratitude for, what's come, for what we've come to expect from somebody and what they're obligated to give us. I'm not going to thank you when you do it because uh, out of obligation, uh, doing what you're asked to do, but, but obligated to do it, you're not going to get a lot of appreciation. I just don't feel so appreciated in this marriage. I wonder why. So how much? This is a good question. We're going to close. I'd like the uh, music team to come up. How much do you really owe me? How much does that other person that you're now in relationship with, perhaps, or thinking about it, perhaps married to, how how much do they really owe you? you Romans says this. It's a great scripture. It says, oh, no, man or woman, anything except to love. And if I say that I really love you, well, you don't owe me anything. In fact, I owe you the debt. I owe you the debt to love you. And if I really do love you, and if when our eyes did connect, then our eyes have to connect. When our eyes connect, then our letter I has to connect. And I have to i, I get to surrender my I to you. There's no debt debtor relationship in love. My expectations aren't yours to me. They are my expectations and, and They're not yours to meet them. Love turns expectation upside down. And so marriage should really become a submission competition, a race to the back of the line. What are your hopes and your desires? What, What are they right now that you're expecting that other person? They're in debt and you're demanding that. You've got to stop that and surrender that to the love of God so that when your eyes connect... You're looking into the person that you're committed to love and to submit to. Oh, submission, that's a terrible, terrible word in society. You don't submit to anybody. I've got my rights. It's my gratification. It's all about me. No, it's not. If you're following Jesus, it's not all about you. You've married somebody to submit and to give to them and to look at them and say, I love you unconditionally. My expectations, I hope someday that my dreams and my aspirations will be met, but they'll be met by God, and they won't be a debt and a burden to you. Do you get that this morning, church? Starting with the end in mind, starting with no expectations that that person is obligated to meet. So I want to ask you right now, we're going to pray, what are your hopes and desires? If you're in a relationship right now, what what are your hopes and desires that have turned into expectations for somebody else? They're perhaps a debt now, a weight, a burden, something that that person you're demanding for them to meet. And the second question is, would you release the one or ones that you love from the weight of your expectations? Father, I thank you right now that we would understand the difference between having a hope and a dream and having a demand and an expectation. Help us, Lord, if we're single here, we're not in a relationship to formulate our hopes and our dreams and our desires around you and not let them turn into expectations when our physical eyes finally meet somebody that may become our lifelong partner. And if you're in a relationship right now, Father, I just thank you right now. Let your Holy Spirit wash us clean from IOU, expectation, burden, to the person that we say that we love. I pray right now, let us drop those things where they belong. Let us pick up our cross. Let us follow you and love that person deeply, sincerely, with no strings attached. And I thank you for every person here as we continue on with our series. Lord, that we would continue to grow, be challenged. And that we would dare to discover love and relationship in a way deeper way. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at infocity-church.net. At